With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Great Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by my good friend, Mr. John Daigle. We are here. It is playoff season. We have uh, playoff contests open on the FFPC, on Underdog, on the NFFC. Um, and and John, I, I actually think the great thing about these playoff contests is that uh, it, it, it's, it's just not nearly as complicated as figuring out everything for season-long fantasy football. Like, you, you can just get in there, you can take a couple stands, and, you know, you're, you're, you're on your way. It's beautiful. Not only that, but both of us playing DFS and grinding that those pivots and situations throughout the year, you get you come to postseason playoffs and all of a sudden it's either this player or that player. Like there's no need to go from Joe Burrow to Hayden Hurst because it just doesn't make sense. Like you can only roster one. So going down to T Higgins will drop like 70% in ownership. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah, the 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 so that what we're going to talk about today is the FFPC playoff format. They have two different contests that you can enter for their playoff challenge. They have a $35 one, they have a $200 one. I will be cranking out a bunch of these $35 ones. I already entered into the $200 one on the mm-hmm. NFFC, which uh if you guys want to play that tournament, I did a podcast about that with Leone that you guys can go check out. That that format is much more involved. You have to try a little bit harder. Uh, the FFPC, though, very simple. You fill out a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, four flex spots, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense. You make those selections at the beginning, before wildcard weekend. It locks, that's it, set it, and forget it. You can select one player from every team, and that's it. So the obviously, as you can see, the thing that leads you in is every team pretty much has an undisputed guy, right? The Chiefs have mm-hmm. Mahomes, the Bills have Allen, although I bet Diggs ends up being more popular because so many people are going to take Hurts for the Eagles, yada, yada, so on and so forth. It, it really is a pretty simple game. Very simple. And with the quarterbacks we have at our disposal between Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, we do have the elite players with rushing upside. It obviously comes down to who you believe goes to the Super Bowl since we're hoping to get that quarterback getting the double points you receive from your players that make the Super Bowl and historically we've seen that two games is what we're shooting for here there is the outlier everyone talks about from 2020 when Lamar Jackson hung 500 total yards in that jailbreak game against the Titans and he was on winning rosters but but most of all we just want two games from our quarterbacks and so that's pretty much what we're shooting for here I mean how about last year with the Pittsburgh, or was that two years ago? The Pittsburgh Browns crazy wild card game was that? That was two years ago. That was two years that, ago. That was um, the Steelers wild card with Chase Claypool going for two touchdowns. Yes, that was two years ago. I mean, that was I. I think Ben Roethlisberger threw. I. I mean, I gotta go. I gotta go. Actually, pull up the stats from this game now because it's one of the most unbelievable. Okay, <laughs> so they lose thirty-seven to forty-eight in that game. Ben Roethlisberger throws for 500 yards and four touchdowns. He doesn't even end up in the winning lineup, though, because of the way that the quarterback scoring works. But in that game, Juju, 13 for 157 and one. Deontay Johnson, 11 for 117. Uh, Eric Ebron, seven for 62 and one. And Chase Claypool, five for 59 and two. One of the most absurd games. And that... Uh, you know, if one of these random wild card or divisional ground games does go that way, 
I mean, that is going to have, it has a huge impact on, on the scoring in these tournaments. And I believe the odds for every higher seed to advance are only 12 and a half percent. So you're actually best just picking your narratives, uh, making your selections for wildcard weekend and not assuming the higher seed, like if the higher seed advanced, then obviously we'd all be in the same boat. So yeah, there are a number of ways this can go. And the AFC is the murky one here because if we had Tua, if we had Lamar Jackson, I think we could have some interesting conversations. But without those two players, then we have two games on this slate, honestly, just to start that are washes. Like, don't even watch Bengals game if Lamar isn't in. Uh, don't watch the Bills game if it's Skylar Thompson under center. And thus, we can just kind of choose confidently between those two teams. Yeah, no, that's so so that is what is uh, like different than in years past. So there are a couple things actually that are really different about the tournament this year than in years past one when the titans used to make it every single year everyone would just use derrick henry it would be like 80 percent derrick henry 15 percent aj brown five percent uh like titans kicker or defense or whatever you know um and lamar not being healthy also was a huge shift there for the ravens because uh i actually think mark andrews well what oh no justin tucker is going to end up being the most popular raven by like quite a bit I believe Tucker right now will be the highest kicker. Yes. And kicker and defense, of course, is where we're trying to get a little bit contrarian here. And and just in case they are our one and done selections, uh, Jason Sanders, Miami defense may have a little bit of an argument, but overall, yeah, Tucker will probably check in with Lamar Jackson. It would be so interesting too, because that team was still number four in offensive DVOA through week 12 with Jackson on the field. But with Tyler Huntley, with Anthony Brown, like, they just, they cannot move the ball or score points at all. It's a disaster. Yeah, it, it is. Um, all right. So what, what do you think the best way to do this is to just go by, go by the teams and, and say like probably the, the chalk play, the correlation play, and then the galaxy brain play that that's probably, that's probably best. Um, so let's, let's yeah. start with the NFC, uh, with the Eagles. I mean, it's obviously Hertz is going to be giga owned for, the Eagles and probably AJ Brown as the second chalk with Miles Sanders as the third and then Devonta Smith at like three to 5%, something like that. Yep. And last year it's interesting because over just over 40% of teams in the top 150. So the teams that got paid out last year used two tight ends, but like in the winning lineup still, or I'm sorry, in the entries, they used two tight ends, but in the top 150, it was just 24%. And so like half the teams actually used two tight ends that were in the top. Thus more people were using two tight ends than you actually should. And so I think you almost get leverage for not going two tight ends and sticking with one instead. And if that's the case, because Dallas Goddard, obviously you can make a pivot here, but if that's the case, then maybe we're better off just going Devonta Smith, understanding that Jalen Hurst and AJ Brown will be the two highest rostered players on Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, my lean is for most entries is to just eat it with Hurts actually. Cause mm-hmm. Hurts, I, Hurts, I think is, is almost guaranteed two games. Like I would be so stunning if they lost I, after their bye week. And actually, uh, the market disagrees with me on this. The market is basically telling me that everyone thinks the 49ers are better than the Eagles. Um, because if you, like, for example, on DraftKings, the Eagles are, I think, plus 175 to win the division and the 40, or to win the conference, and the 49ers are plus 180 despite having to play an extra game. So that's the market pretty much saying the 49ers are going to beat the Eagles. And you know what? I just, I can't, I can't get there. It did to me. It just feels like the same problem. The 49ers have always had, which is they kick everyone's ass. The defense is so good. They have the, you know, they're the freaking death star with these skill position players. And then bada bing, bada boom. They find themselves down 10 points on the road in a playoff game and their quarterback can't bail them out, which is not Brock Purdy's fault. Brock Purdy is like the guy who's like, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. You know, it's, it's, it's not his fault. But I just, I just think the Eagles are hurts is hurts. We haven't seen him play well in a month now. So our brains kind of forget like this dude tore it the fuck up this year. Finished uh, at QB one in fantasy points per game this year. 
I will am curious though about Lane Johnson's status because sounds like he's going to try and power through from the divisional round on, but at the same time, if he's not healthy, that's massive for the Eagles. Uh, and Brock Purdy, is he a game manager under Kyle Shanahan? Yes, but at the same time. Dude, he's good. He really is. He leads the league in completion rate on throws 10-plus yards downfield since he got became a starter. I don't know what more situation you can throw him in, like outside of being under the lights in the playoffs, because even against the Raiders in that overtime game, he had multiple game-winning drives in the fourth quarter. Like the Raiders would respond, and Purdy would drive them right back down the field. He's been put in every situation possible so far, including blowouts. So I, I think the 49ers are, are the real deal. Uh, they are finally at full strength as well. Debo Samuel wasn't even limited yeah. in week 18. He was a full-time player. So they're going to be throwing a ton of different looks at every single team across the board. It's an interesting argument to make, but yes, if you don't go Jalen hurts for me, it would be AJ Brown. That's as probably as far as I get. Honestly, I don't think we need to get to Devonta or Goddard. I, I don't think so either. That's a good transition to the 49ers. This is, this is my headline. I think Debo Samuel is the gold star leverage play. Um, I, I think that, Obviously, McCaffrey is going to be one of the most selected players in this mm-hmm. whole thing. Maybe him or him or Mahomes probably is going to be like the most selected player. Uh, Kittle, I, I guess probably McCaffrey won't be because Kittle will also be uh, a pretty popular selection due to the obviously uh, the FFPC is tight end premium. But I mean, like who has a higher one game ceiling or a higher three game ceiling than Debo Samuel? I mean, this dude, like, and I know. Elijah Mitchell's back and he's not running. I just, I don't care about any of that, dude. Talking about what a guy can do over the course of four games, like Debo, if the 49ers make the Super Bowl, he could lead the fantasy, he could lead the playoffs in fantasy points. Like he, this, he is an unbelievable player. We are a month removed from Brock Purdy's first two starts when everyone was available for him. But in those first two games before Debo got injured, Debo led the team with a 24% target share. George Kittle in that time was fourth on the team in targets. Like, I think Kittle's the one whose floor is so much lower than we remember. Like, you couldn't even play him in fantasy. People benched him for that game against the Seahawks, and that was the first game against... Uh, that was the first game without Debo Samuel. So I think Kittle's the one who could definitely get there, but it's extremely volatile. Whereas Debo's the one we haven't seen his ceiling now in a month. So I agree. I like Debo quite a bit, especially because if we are talking about game scripts, like they will continue to play McCaffrey carefully with Elijah Mitchell healthy. If we assume they're going to blow out, like at least the next two teams they face Seattle, I can't even make a good case that they're going to contend in the wild card round. I bet we see a lot of Elijah Mitchell, honestly, like Seattle, they're not even a common opponent. That's what's being cited in their third matchup against the Niners. But Remember, the first matchup, no Brock Purdy or Christian McCaffrey. The second matchup, no Debo Samuel or Elijah Mitchell. And Geno Smith now averaging five and a half yards per attempt over the last month. You can argue that Baker Mayfield lost the game more so than Geno Smith and the Seahawks winning the Week 18 game. So, yeah, I think we see quite a bit of Elijah Mitchell over the next two weeks, which does dampen McCaffrey's ceiling. Yeah. Uh, All right. For the Vikings, we got Jefferson and we got Dalvin. I'm actually curious, uh, obviously, because uh, the people who play on the FFPC love their running backs. Um, And and also a lot of the teams that you expect that we expect to get dumped out uh, their their best option is a wide receiver. For example, the Dolphins, we expect them to get dumped out. Mm -hmm. I I could see a fair number of people using Tyreek or Waddle. Um, you know, the Ravens, I think a lot of people will use Andrews, uh, if they're, if they're not using Justin Tucker, taking up one of those flex spots, where do you stand on Jefferson versus cook? And are you, are you going to, you know, are you going to get to Hawkinson cousins? I mean, to me, to me, it just seems like I'm going to eat the chalk with Jefferson. Hawkinson's really the only other one that makes an argument. I just don't understand how you fade Jefferson, because even if we get one, only one game from him. It reminds me just uh, of the flop lag situation here. Like needed 194 yards in week 18. They played the first half. The starters couldn't get him the ball because KG Osborne was the one who kept getting open against the Bears. But Jefferson uh, is now fourth in yards per route run against man coverage, which the Giants lead the league in scheming since TJ Hawkinson was acquired mid-year. Also 20 yards per catch against man coverage in that time. And so even if it's just one game, it's indoors. We think this one goes over the total. Uh, I I can't help but eat 
this one game from Justin Jefferson. And plus, Dalvin Cook, I, I don't even know how you get around to him in DFS and one game slates, let alone the entire postseason. Like the Vikings can't run the ball and they know it. In his last seven games, Dalvin Cook and they're, has averaged- they're not throwing it to him either. No, real. in his last seven games, Dalvin Cook has averaged 3.4 yards per carry. Against the Bears, that Ty Chandler, Alexander Madison has success. Dalvin Cook had 3.3 yards per carry. He's been miserable, not to mention before that Packers game, when Kirk Cousins was benched in the third quarter because they were getting blown out, Cousins averaged 48 pass attempts per game and three starts prior to that. He has 31 attempts through two and a half quarters against the Packers, hits the bench, and then against the Bears, he had 20 attempts in the first half. This is a 50-attempt game in the wild card for Kirk Cousins. They can't get the ball downfield any other way. And so there's just no way I'm playing Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I, I would I'm I'm with you there. I mean, I would rather I would rather go to Hawkinson if I was if I was like yep. doing a mega chalk build and I was like, all right, on this one, I'm not gonna eat the Jefferson stuff. I would go, I think I would go to Hawkinson. Maybe, maybe even um uh, maybe even the Vikings defense because they get to play the Giants in in the first game, and if they get up ten points on the Giants, like who knows what mm-hmm. uh, what Daniel Jones is gonna do? Uh, four seed Buccaneers. I mean, Godwin Evans, Brady. I don't know. It's like this is this is a team I could see doing a soft fade on where you're okay if they win this first game. So like the soft fade is like a kicker or a defense or whatever uh, for for the most part. I, and honestly, I, I think that like seems fine. Uh, I, I think taking Ryan suck up or the Buccaneers defense here and just saying like, yeah, they're, they're good that this team stinks. They're like the worst coach team in the NFL Brady, like kind of like duct tape and barbed wired them through the last month of the season to get them to the playoffs. And, and also like, I, I said this yesterday to Leone, it's like, we have two dueling narratives here, which is. Brady in the playoffs, there's no way he's losing this guy. You know, this is Mr. Incredible. And mm-hmm. then the the other narrative of uh, the Cowboys always lose. The Cowboys always are disappointing. Like, obviously, they have this season. They're better. Uh, but then you just look at the data, and you're like, the Buccaneers are bad at everything. It's so annoying, too, because, like, betting the Buccaneers is such a square bet. But, dude, like, this that Cowboys team on Sunday against the Commanders, to run your starters out there through the fourth quarter – and to go three and out on 12 or 15 possessions, not to mention like we saw this matchup in week one and the Cowboys opened with a 14 play drive, kicked a 50 yard field goal for three points and didn't go inside the Bucks 30 yard line for the rest of the game. Like they were a disaster in this one. Tom Brady also this game in week one was his fewest pass attempts. It was the only game Leonard Fournette rushed for over 80 yards and he finished for 127 and six yards per carry. He dominated them. Not to mention like, like I know EPA per play. I know all the models everyone sees like the Cowboys are a Super Bowl favorite. They're a, they they should be a betting favorite here and they're favored by less than a field goal, even on the road. But at the same time, like there's a reason why these narratives play out for the Cowboys. And that's because structurally they build a top heavy organization because they have no idea how to build a roster and injuries happen in football. And then when injuries happen, the Cowboys every single year in the postseason, they're left replacing with below average players. That's why we saw Trayvon Mullen play half the snaps in week 18. That's how we saw Deron Bland starting at nickel corner. Sam Howe didn't target Trevon Diggs once in that game because he didn't have to. He just picked yeah. on guys that shouldn't be on an NFL roster. Deshaun Wright got benched. Kelvin Joseph got benched because you can't play those guys. So it's the it's the wrong time, honestly, to be running into Tom Brady. No turnovers in his last two games, eight and a half yards per attempt. I am genuinely worried. Having said that, uh, you can go the soft fade, as you mentioned, with the Bucks defense. And I wonder how popular they'll be since Dak does have 11 picks and four fumbles in his last seven games. I'm fine with that, but also I, I, I actually think the Buccaneers are going to be the most owned defense. I, I'm looking okay. one of my okay. one of my but one of my buddies, Eric, uh, did like a, a little boomer opto here and just very mm-hmm. loosely, he's got the Buccaneers projected at 30% for defense. Brady had nine turnovers in the month going into that Panthers game in week 17 when everything turned around. So maybe honestly, you can soft fade on the other side as a contrarian option with the Cowboys defense too. But but it's just such a hard game to read. The Cowboys are actually the only defense that have allowed double-digit touchdowns to boundary receivers too. So if like Mike Evans spiked him here for 100, two touchdown ceiling performance, it wouldn't be shocking either. There's so many ways this game could go and it's just annoying, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. And then on the, on the Cowboys side, 
I it's like I could talk myself into Prescott if if I was looking at the data and being like, mm-hmm. shit, I don't know. The, the Cowboys could make the Super Bowl, I guess. But honestly, it feels like probably your your Cowboys pick is Lamb is the chalk, Pollard is the pivot. Both seem pretty good to me. Both, I think, can score a bunch of points and a loss. You would be very happy with multiple games for them. But the the other, the uh, I think the issue for them is they're if if I'm looking at the bracket the right way because it does reseed is if the if the other two favorites win if Minnesota and San Francisco win they have to play the Eagles in uh in the next game and you don't you don't feel particularly great about them winning that game not at all uh but there as you said there are only two options here that's literally CeeDee Lamb or Tony Pollard because they offer the ceiling CeeDee Lamb reminds me a lot of Keenan Allen how I'm so torn on the first round outcome that I kind of want to take the the floor performance of those two players. And if they happen to win, like then we get CeeDee Lamb in the next round as well. Because even in the first game against the Bucs, this is the only place where the Bucs are actually allowing production. Um, in the slot, they're allowing the fifth most yards per target, uh, whereas they're allowing just the third fewest yards per target on the boundary. Plus, Michael Gallup has only been over 50 yards in one game all year. He's not even a real threat in the NFL right now after reconstructive knee surgery. Lamb is also eighth in the league in yards per route run against zone coverage, which the Bucs run at the highest rate of any remaining playoff team. So I think we can still get a good Lamb performance if the Cowboys lose, and more importantly, we get to carry him over, even if we're eating the chalk there if the Cowboys happen to win yeah I I think I think Lamb I think Lamb's ceiling if they happen to get I mean even two games is good but if they do Mm -hmm. happen to somehow get three uh I I think he I think he's just got massive ceiling I mean Pollard does too but Pollard has the much worse spot in week one and also I don't like using running backs in the flex I just prefer loading that those flex spots up with running backs or with wide receivers um I don't know. It'll come down to like what the projected ownership ends up being. I could also see the Cowboys being a soft fade team using the Mm -hmm. Cowboys kicker where you're fine. If they lose in game one, it's a bonus if they win game two. And you just hope that like AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson way outscore CD lamb, which obviously feels very possible. And that's why the, this game chargers, Jags and giants Vikings are hard reads because how the game script is fair. And like, I think all three of those games could be decided by a field goal at most and how the game script fares then would dictate how I play their pieces. I'm just genuinely not sure who wins between those six teams. Like uh, they're all so close, honestly. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on to the six seed giants. Uh, it's, it's Barkley. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I can't do Bellinger. I can't do dimes. I don't even think they're a particularly good soft fade team because they don't score enough points for their kicker to be that good. And mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe you could talk yourself into the Giants defense because if they do beat the Vikings, it feels like some fuckery with a, you know, a kick, a kick return touchdown or like something weird happening on defense. But I, to me, it's 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 either you you take no one from the Giants or you take Barkley. And honestly, they they may be like if I'm looking at soft fade teams, I'm like shit. I'd probably rather take Metcalf on a Seahawks team I think is going to lose for sure than a, a Barkley just, just for what I expect them to be owned. In the $35 tournament, the $200 is a lot thinner. You don't need to get too crazy. In the $35, I may tinker with some Daniel Jones. Like that, There's a reason why he only went over 40 pass attempts in two games against the Lions and Bears, because Dable will change the offensive scheme to how you attack your opponent. And so I expect Daniel Jones to, again, go over 40 pass attempts in this one, because that's how you beat the Vikings, is through the air. They've also played a lot more man coverage in their last five games just trying to change things up and and have an answer. And they've still been piss poor through the secondary. So uh, I, I may get creative knowing that Daniel Jones, like since their week 10 by 69% completion rate with seven carries per game, like he does have that immense rushing floor here that even if we get one performance, he could sneak onto winning teams if it's a massive game. And he has that in his bag. So I don't mind getting cute here. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you on that. And then our seven seed Seahawks, probably the most, faded team i would think who who will be more faded the dolphins or the seahawks like i think the allure of tyreek means that the seahawks will be the most faded team 
it's probably Seattle. Do you think people will sell themselves on Ken Walker given his I, recent I, usage? I'm I'm kind of selling myself on Ken <laughs> Walker. It's like it's like okay, Kenneth Walker on 20% of rosters versus Saquon Barkley on 70% of rosters. I don't know. It seems like basically the same thing to me. Gosh, it's just I I stayed up, you know, breaking down this game, writing all the notes and I just couldn't find a single like rosy outlook for Seattle. It, it's it's nasty out here. I already mentioned that they haven't really seen the 49ers already, but then Geno's been bad, 5.6 yards per tenth over the last month. Uh, only one player has rushed for over 60 yards against the Niners all year, and that was Josh Jacobs in week 17. He only reached 69 yards. Like They just literally don't allow running backs to go anywhere. And so Kenneth Walker getting 26 carries per game without Travis Homer the last three weeks – is going to get 20-plus carries, but does it even matter? Is it efficient? I, I don't think so. And what's funny is that the 49ers can still be had and splash plays through the air, but you have to hold up your pass pro, and the Seattle isn't even doing that right now. So, gosh, I I, I think I would have to fade them too. Yeah. I mean, they like it's like, again, like, yeah, you should galaxy brain some, but you don't need to galaxy brain like playing – Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf on a bunch of teams. Like it's not right. It's not, it's uh, it's not needed. Um, all right. That is the NFC side of the bracket, AFC side of the bracket. I mean, Mahomes for the chiefs will be, let's call it, let's call it uh 50% Kelsey. Let's call Well, shit. I don't know. You think Kelsey or Mahomes is, is more owned. Probably <laughs> Kelsey. And the historically that has been the case last year. So last year I was looking up Kelsey and Mahomes, and this was with Tyreek on the team were on one of those two was on 80% of the rosters. And the last three years since 2020, I believe, yeah, Kelsey has been on um, 80% of the payouts teams. Yeah. Uh, and, And so it just, it just makes so much sense given the volatility of the position. We And we even mentioned like the one person that can hang with Kelsey and George Kittle, how low his floor quietly is. I, so I think you should just suck it up. And I think that's the way everyone will go, knowing that Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts exist, and we instead just go Kelsey here. Yeah. I So this is my favorite pivot is, is Mahomes over Kelsey. Okay. Uh, because – you at that point, I mean, you just outlined it. One, you can pretty much eat whatever you chalk you chalk you want after that. Mm-hmm. But then also, I actually feel like teams have sort of done a good job. And maybe this is by design. Maybe, maybe Andy Reid has said, you know what, Travis is 33. Let's get this dude some rest. Like, let's figure out something with MBS and, and McKinnon. Um, but I mean, like, you know, Travis Kelsey hasn't scored a touchdown in six weeks. His role in the offense hasn't like diminished or anything but it just we haven't seen any of those huge explosions from him. And I also think you can still win the whole tournament with Kelsey being the highest scoring chief. Um, if, if you have Mahomes, I mean, obviously it's, it's going to depend on the rest of your bracket. And the other thing is the bills and the Bengals play each other in round two, assuming they both win. I think that should alter your strategy more than it has done in, in the past years because Allen is going to be the second most, eh, either the second or first most owned quarterback. And I like that you get the Mahomes leverage on Allen. That's a good look at it. Do you think people will try to get cute with Jarrett McKinnon? I just think Kelsey scores too many points. Like I, okay. I think on the NFFC where it's not tight end premium, some people will do that to yeah. begin with. But I, I think we're talking like McKinnon is like 3%, you know, something something like that, which is like, I don't know, kind of interesting, right? If, if dudes keep scoring two touchdowns per game, um, I, I probably can't get there. But I, I do think, I do think uh, getting Mahomes versus Kelsey, right, is probably like the number one thing you have to figure out, though. And if that's the case, then you and I both agree, as you laid out, uh, Mahomes is somehow a contrarian pivot. Yeah, which is crazy considering like how good he is, but especially like recent He's the MVP. Example. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, well, obviously. That's simple. <laughs> but like last last six weeks, Kelsey has not had a hundred yard game, or he had one one hundred yard game against the Texans, uh, but hasn't scored in six weeks. Like 
And again, like, I don't think any of that's like real predictive, but it's, it's not predictive, but it's more just showing you that the chiefs can still win games without Kelsey going like mega nuclear, which I think was probably like important to see for these contests. Um, Two seed, more interesting. Uh, Allen digs singletary ish. If the bills make the super bowl, right. Because then you can hurt. You'd use hurts as your quarterback. Um, like you would assume that if both of those teams made the Super Bowl, Hertz and Allen would be close in fantasy points. I I I I think I I mean the way I'm building, I'll probably have more digs because I'll have more Mahomes. But I I I do actually think the idea of like digs being contrarian is kind of nice. I don't mind digs, and I've heard a lot of people say Singletary. I, I don't think James Cook is thin. I think James Cook is pretty live as a contrarian yeah. option. Um, because he could dominate touches as he did in week 18. It's notable that Devin Singletary fumbled in that game and James Cook outsnapped him, actually outtouched him five to one from that point forward whenever Singletary fumbled. And so there's a real chance that Cook is in a 60 40, 65 35 timeshare. And if that's the case, like he's an amazing, amazing pivot since. Again, we expect Skylar Thompson to play, so I'm not even sh- sure how much Josh Allen will be heavily involved, whereas it can be Cook, and then we can decide it from there against the Bengals. But the Bills have leaned on their running backs heavily over the last month. Josh Allen has been turnover prone, so yeah, I, I like James Cook a lot, actually. Yeah, I that's that's an interesting angle because like running back uh, obviously is going to have so much condensed mm-hmm. ownership with Saquon and McCaffrey and, and Eckler who we're about to get to that. I think just like any, I, I, I really like guys who are so contrarian that it allows you to basically just build the most optimal guys around them. Um, which I think you can do with cook. Like I think cook will be so like, we're talking like two, 3% probably on, on cook. Um, and I, if, why if I the, do like that angle. If the bills don't get to the super bowl, I don't think the difference from, even digs to James you, Cook. It's, all, it's kills almost you. better. It's almost yeah. better. You're, I think if you're taking Cook, you're actually almost wanting the Bills to lose early yeah. so you're not fading like mega Josh Allen points. Yeah. So I, I know a lot of people have been saying Devin Singletary's the leverage, but I want to take it one step further and, and say, like, yes, you're on the right thought point, but I actually think James Cook over Singletary is the play here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I look, hey, you, I think you've talked me into it. I think I'll do at least one. <laughs> Uh, James Cook team. All right, moving on down the bracket, we got the the Bengals. It'll be Chase, then T, then Burrow. Burrow actually will end up being contrary in the way this breaks down. But if you think the Bengals beat the Bills in round two, uh, Burrow is is probably really strong. And I believe T Higgins was seventy percent less rostered than Burrow or Jamar Chase last year. Correct. Uh, T what T wasn't on the winning lineup because they made the Super Bowl, but even that small pivot is a big difference. And at least for the first round, the last time these two teams played each other uh, outside of Week 18, of course, because the Ravens' offensive starters were benched, T Higgins wasn't in that game, and. Burrow has been significantly better with T on the field, a 72% completion rate compared to just completing 61% of his passes without Higgins on the field this year. So it is a totally different matchup. I don't know, again, if Lamar doesn't play the wild card, I don't think we get much push from that game in particular. But no matter what happens, the Bengals have to go on the road to play the Bills and Chiefs to make the Super Bowl. Thus, we expect them to play at least two up-tempo games if they make the Super Bowl or if they even make the championship game. And so overall, yeah, I'm trying to lean the passing game. So Burrow is naturally contrarian. I'm totally fine with it, but I don't mind T off of Jamar Chase as well. I mean, I I think T feels like a really good leverage play because, again, you're okay with them losing. You're not even giving up that much in projected points either. Like how much will T be projected? Let like, I don't know, maybe three points per game, four points per game less. Like you're not really giving up that much in projection, but it's just so easy uh, to, it's just so easy for people to click. And then, I mean, Mixon will also be uh mega, mega leverage. And I mean, he has already, he has already had a five touchdown game this year. So how far be it for me to say he can't do it. But if you think the Bengals make Super Bowl, Burrow as the contrarian option makes a ton of sense. Such a since smash, yeah. They have they literally have to score points to make the Super Bowl. They don't they don't have a choice because they'll be playing against the two best offenses in the league. 
Yeah. I mean, if I, I would say, I would say if, if you told me right now it's Bengals Super Bowl, I, I would go a hundred percent Burrow because he probably agree. just app you just probably absolutely smashes in totally that agree. scenario. Uh four seed Jaguars, another. I think I think the Jaguars will be another uh relatively popular soft fade candidate because you gotta play a kicker, you gotta play a defense. No one will want to play Lawrence, no one will want to play Kirk, Zay Jones, Ingram, ETN will be the guy who gets a little bit. But I also think people feel so non-confident in the outcome of this game, the Chargers-Jaguars game. And also, I don't think anyone thinks either of these teams can win the Super Bowl. So that that actually is a popular soft fade candidate when you like, like, oh, maybe they can win. Maybe I get two games out of them, but they don't make the Super Bowl. Th- those are good soft fade teams. It's, yes, I agree. I think a contrarian way to fade it, although, like you said, I do like ETN. It's a really good matchup against the Chargers, too, just in his first game. But over the last month, Jaguars' defense, oddly enough, has also been literally leading the league in EPA per play. Uh, Justin Herbert finished dead last in the league in air yards per attempt. We keep trying to make the Chargers this thing that they are not like thinking they're just going to come out every single week and explode. I've done this multiple times in DFS where I double stack the chargers and we're five minutes into the game. And it's like, Oh yeah, I forget. They're the chargers. They don't change their game plan for anyone. Like why am I respecting this team for fantasy contest at least? So yeah, I think Jaguars defense is actually uh, uh, maybe one of my favorite pivots off of ETN. Yeah. I, 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 that's actually, I, I obviously did not know any of that about the Jaguars defense. That's why, that's why Mr. Dago comes on to keep me honest. That, that makes me really like the Jaguars defense as a soft bait. Cause I think they can win this game, but I don't mm-hmm. know, like, even for example, in terms of like leverage plays, I don't know if I like, uh, ETN more than Mixon, for example. And, and depth, and I, I, I guess in terms of soft fade, you'd be looking at, the 2v2 would be Barkley, Jaguars defense versus ETN, Giants D or something like that. And that's, I don't know, like in terms of a soft fade, that I guess both of those seem pretty close. And and uh, on the Chargers, I mean, can you talk yourself into anyone other than Eckler? I mean, Keenan, Keenan seems okay. I, I like Keenan Allen a lot. It's like that CD Lamb spot where I'm so unsure about who is the best team who wins this game. There's so many different ways it could go that I kind of just want to take the floor and then hopefully I get a second game into that player. And if that's the case, Keenan Allen has played eight games in his career with Mike Williams limited or inactive. And he's, he's seen 29% of Justin Herbert's targets in those eight games the last three years. So I expect him to be a double digit target player, no matter what happens in this game. And if that, if we can get a second game out of that, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Keenan could outscore Eckler in, I guess, a game that the Chargers are losing is is probably mm-hmm. what you'd want. I mean, I don't. Eckler is such like a freak; he can get there in any way. But like, you'd want like a a thirteen reception game for Keenan or something, probably like just like an outlier target game. Um, and and Eckler's target share has dropped seven percent down to fourteen percent. Uh, since Keenan Allen returned from yeah. injury, so like we're just playing the touchdown game. But again, I can't even, I can't even yell from the rooftops that Eckler is going to regress in touchdown because he's a monster. Like there's no predicting it whatsoever. Yes, correct. Um, all right, the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, just a festival of sadness if Lamar doesn't play. Justin Tucker, Mark Andrews are are the only playable Ravens. I I, I certainly can't get to Dobbins. I mean, you want to talk about like gnarly leverage is if Lamar does play. I mean, he will not be selected. I still think, I don't think that will really change people's minds unless the line moves a ton, which I don't think it will. My guess is, but it's like in the years past with the Ravens in the playoffs, the question has been Lamar or Andrews and Lamar always ends up more owned. But I mean, you, you just outlined the, the, the scenario where he went nuke and a loss and you had to have him to win because he was so good in a loss um, three years ago. Like it, it's the scenario is there. This game could be fun if Lamar plays. Uh, do you think if we get news about Lamar by Friday, it'll change enough people's minds to like sneak in Lamar that Joe Burrow becomes even better contrarian play? Because if an I, offense I, is available to push back against the Bengals, that makes me want the Bengals even more because then we get the juice. We get like an overperformance here. It's it's like that's so interesting because 
the, I mean, you only have one quarterback slot, right? And so, I mean, what, what it actually does is I think that splits Joe Burrow ownership even more. I think that brings Joe Burrow down to like 5%, maybe. I'm playing or something. If, if we get yeah. Lamar, I'm playing Burrow. That's just, that's where I'm yeah. going. Because then I, you'd, you'd have to get there Lamar, Allen, Mahomes, we're assuming, to make the Super Bowl. You had to score points. You got to score. So, I mean, if that, if they get to the Super Bowl, this dude is, is scoring like, I don't know, like 28 yeah, he's going points per game or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I think also like just on the Ravens, if you're just not playing Justin Tucker for them, you're, you're, you, you've made like a huge pivot versus the field pretty much. I'm also going to uh, bet the over in this game. If we get Lamar in since Ravens are still top 10 in points per game and yards per play with Lamar under center through week 12, they're just a, but like you said, they're a totally different offense. Like Gus Edwards isn't going to play this game with the concussion protocol. And even then I have zero faith in J.K. Dobbins if it's Tyler Huntley. There we go. I, I'm in. I'm in on that. And our our seven seed Miami Dolphins. I mean, I, I actually Sad. think Tyreek. No, Tyreek, I, I don't even care if it is with Skylar Thompson. I think he's got such insane one okay. game upside. I, I think he is a better um I think he is a better play than like soft fading them via defense or kicker. Now, obviously his expected games is like 1.15 or whatever, uh, which is kind of like a good way to think about this is like how many games do you expect uh, these dudes to play? Like, for example, uh, Josh Allen's expected games is like almost three, you know, because their win equity is, is so large and their Super Bowl equity is so good. Whereas the Dolphins are, they're going to lose this game. But I mean, how many how many points would Tyreek have to score in this loss for you to be interested in him? Like twenty eight, something like that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's just sad because like Skylar Thompson can't even complete the simple crossers that this offense Needs, allows yeah. for. Like like remember, Tua wasn't even good in this game when they played in Buffalo in the cold, but he completed those underneath passes, which allowed for one of Jalen Waddle's big touchdowns, that big eighty yard one. That's all you need to do is dump it off underneath, and Skylar is. He'd struggled to even do that with a 57% completion rate on the year. So it's just, it's tough running. It also might be a, a game where it's a lot of Jeff Wilson. They they had 23 running back carries in their second matchup and they were explosive, even though a lot of that was Raheem Mostert, but now Mostert may not even play this game. So they may look to run the ball a lot as well. Uh, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces here, but yeah, it's just with Skyler. I lose a lot of faith, even Tyreek, but I get the call. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, there we go. So that is a, a, a quick run through of all the teams that we got here in, in the FFPC playoff challenge. And now Daigle and I, we're, we're going to show you guys how to do it. We're going to build a team real quick. I'm going to throw this in the $35 playoff challenge. So uh, Daigle, if, if we win, we'll, uh, we'll have to split the, uh, the 150K. I'll give you I'll the first pick. Send me a Venmo request for. 16, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll free roll you on this one as uh, as <laughs> as uh, as your payment for doing the show with me. Oh, if we if we win, we know it's not two million. We don't have to worry about taxes like Corrine's worrying about right now. Yeah, yeah, we're I'm not I'm not gonna have to not gonna have to move to uh, Hoboken or whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, let's do it, man. We agreed that we sh- both like Burrow if the situation presents itself. So why the hell not large field, $35. I say we start with that. Okay. We're going to take burrow. So then I will slot in Kelsey because we're already super unique that we just don't even have to worry about that. So we can just take Kelsey. Okay. And then since we have burrow, let's go to the bills. Do you want to go digs or James cook? I think this, I think we want, uh, well, cook cook we cook we said we liked better in a Bengals and, and a bill's loss yeah okay all right i'm good i'm good with that um yeah okay so we can do james cook all right uh i will slot in justin jefferson at wide receiver because we got we got two guys who are burrow will be the third most owned Bengal and cook will probably be the fourth most owned bill so we're already in a pretty unique part of the game tree right now. And then we have Kelsey. Uh, let's go Debo. We both agreed. That's Boom. the leverage here. Gosh, he's in such a good spot too, man. Yeah, he is. I mean, he could he could go he could go nuts before they ever even have to play. Um, 
he could go Kittle, nuts before they ever even have to play the Eagles. Kittle on this nuclear heater the last month without Debo, like it's it's perfect. People want to click Kittle's name so so bad. Yeah, he's been awesome. But yeah. uh, but again, we 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 at least you know for better or worse, whether it happens or not, we do have a sample here when Debo was on the field with Kittle, and uh, Kittle was just another player running routes who didn't get targets. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm gonna select Tony Pollard. I'm gonna say the Cowboys win. Cowboys beat the Buccaneers okay. in that first game, and they uh, trail but don't get skunked against the Eagles, and they got Pollard out there catching passes and doing his thing. I will go ahead and go AJ Brown for us since we're not using Hertz. Beautiful. Yep. I think that'll be. I think that'll be pretty common. I I I think after looking at it, Hertz. Hertz actually might end up being a little bit less owned than I thought originally after working through this because there are so many quarterbacks you can talk yourself into. I think it comes down to because AJ Brown has been so damn good against man coverage. Like they literally scheme him up. And if they see single higher man, they don't even look at Devonta that Hertz is told to just wing it to AJ Brown over the top and just allow him to go contest and catch on it. And um, if that's the case, like and if the Giants beat the Vikings, like we know Wing Martindale blitzes the highest rate. He leads his cornerbacks on an island. So it could be a game where they just feed A.J. Brown, at least in the divisional round. So it, it really depends on if you think the Giants or the Vikings win on what to do with the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, now, this is interesting. While we're sitting here talking, like literally as you and I are talking, the Dolphins line just moved from 10.5 to 9. So I don't think this really? is smart. I don't think this is smart, but I think the Dolphins are going to have Tua play in this game. It doesn't. I hope so because it's going to be an amazing game if Tua plays. Like assuming yeah. he's at full health, I'm assuming. I mean this this also might just mean Teddy. Maybe this maybe this just means okay. it's te- maybe it just means Teddy, but that's better than Skylar Thompson. He made a few errant throws against the Patriots um, in that first half before he got injured, but he also had a few big plays. I thought he was going to go over 300 yards in that game. Like he does have some explosiveness in him. So if we can get Tyreek at lower ownership, I'm totally down for that. Yeah. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Tyreek for me here. So we have two flexes and our kicker and our defense left. We have not selected a Buccaneer, a Jaguar, a Raven, a Seahawk, a Charger, or a Giant yet. Do we want... Saquon Barkley. Um, I think I think we can completely get away with Barkley on yeah. on this team. I mean, we have we have Reek who will. I mean, just we're not going to see very many Dolphins get owned at all. We have Debo who is going to be the third or fourth, probably third most owned 49er. We have Cook who is going to be really low, and Burrow who is going to be really low. So I think we can totally get away with Barkley. Gosh, here. you know, I, I through all this, I forgot I forgot about Christopher McCaffrey. Like. Debo's not going to have any ownership. Like, yeah, you have to go. Really you have to go not. to the third level to get the Debo. Yeah, yeah, because That's Kittle, amazing. Kittle is a jam, but McCaffrey is McCaffrey. Like Debo, yeah. Debo is great. is like he's the he's the skeleton key. Yeah, he's a great um, great play. Okay, and then I'm gonna do I'm gonna do what we talked about. I'm gonna take the Jaguars defense. Um, okay. I think they're I think they're a good soft fade, and they're it's fine if they win. Um, it's fine if they win that game. So we have a we have a flex and a kicker, and we have the Ravens, Seahawks, Chargers, and Buccaneers left. Then, uh, oh, we do Jags, defense. Yep, I'm filling that on my side too. Okay, so then would you want to go, can we suck up Austin Eckler with Barkley, or do we need to go Allen as the pivot? Mm. I like Allen a lot, but I'm also, yes. we also know Eckler's ceiling is higher. Like, if we think the Chargers win a game. So I see uh, in this, in this like very rough boomer opto I'm looking at, mm-hmm. I, I see McCaffrey at, at 70% ish projected ownership chase at 40% and Allen at 60%. So we, and we don't have any of those guys. So I think, Eckler. I think we can, I think we can just play Eckler. That's yeah. that's the question with Eckler and Barkley is like, what else are you doing? Because if you go Eckler, Barkley, McCaffrey, you're already just like eating into it. Yeah. You got it. If you, if you play, McCaffrey and Eckler together you got to do something else like really weird like you got to play like you got to play James Cook you got to play Brock Purdy like you got to do something um all right and then we got kicker left I I mean I think just for uniqueness we play suck up instead of Jason Myers and we just say 
we just say that uh, Tyler Huntley starts this game and not Lamar, and they just get ran out of the building. Totally. I mean, we we may get a second game out of suck up too. So yeah, that's that's totally fine. So this team: Burrow, James Cook, Tony Pollard, Debo Samuel, Justin Jefferson, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Ryan Suckup, and the Jaguars defense. Daigle, it was an absolute pleasure as always. Tell the people where they can. Uh, Go look at your playoff rankings. Go look at your your playoff top 60 if they were so inclined. You can send me a Venmo request for 1750 and not Jay Diggle. But then also you can go to 44.com where my playoff only rankings are up. And more importantly, there are notes at the bottom. Pretty much just I did I wasn't sure what to do. So all the notes I take for shows and just like my journal basically. I spat it out onto the bottom of the article just to give everyone like the prominent splits I'm looking at, whether you are doing the FFPC challenge, whether you're doing NFFC, if you want to go deeper, whether you're doing player props or just betting for the wildcard game, it should, all the information should help you out. You just have to know how to parse it correctly. It's all there. Beautiful. All right, everyone follow at not Jay Daigle, read his work over on 444 and BetSperts, and uh, I will be back. At some point this week with uh actually I'm gonna be I'm gonna be recording tomorrow with Reeves. So you guys are gonna get Reeves two days early this week, uh, because Reeves is going to go play in a national flag football competition. So he's not gonna be in the office on Friday. What, what a life. What a life, everyone. Well, uh, we'll see you back tomorrow. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited two percent cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.